This is Dan. And this is David. Welcome to Campfire Stories. Uh, so, David, uh, Christmas is over. Um, you want to get back to the podcast and tell a couple of stories, I suppose, today? Yeah, that sounds like a, a nice thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> the year's almost over. You got any, any upcoming uh, trips you're thinking about? Well, um, actually, later today, I have the day off of work. So I'm going to be going and do a, a little bit of hiking uh, out in the Patchogue Forest again. Uh, seems like I go there an awful lot lately, but there are plenty of new places to explore. It's a rather large park around here. I think one of the, I think it's the biggest one in Connecticut. Um, so besides that, like looking forward to next year, um, I would like to get down to where is it south carolina meet up with you yeah uh that's the big trip for next year i think hopefully yeah how about you uh i got today off i got tomorrow off i got a ton of yard work to do though so that's kind of putting a damper on getting out into the woods um but i got a three-day weekend next weekend maybe i can convince um my significant other for some time in the woods I don't know yet. I usually do them kind of spur of the moment, just kind of throw everything together the day before and head out. Oh, wow. I've well, never known you to do that. What's that? I've never known you to do that. I, I, I sense sarcasm. Yeah, heavily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, when I find an opportunity to get out in the woods I just it's usually kind of last minute and I have one night or two nights maybe uh, where I can just kind of throw everything in my backpack and jump over the fence and head out as John Muir would say <laughs> it's necessary to throw a loaf of bread in a in a bag and just jump over the back fence once in a while yeah see that would hurt me a lot my back fence happens to be over a 20 foot retaining wall or so so I need a couple <laughs> loaves of bread to throw over first so I can land on them. It's probably a good idea. All right, so uh, this week, since I went first last week, I choose that you go first this week with our weekly story. Okay. Um, um, so whenever, whenever you're ready, I suppose. Uh, give, me, give me a little backstory. Where are we? A little backstory. We are in New Hampshire again. Uh, same campground that my last story originated from. Uh, okay. Like I told you guys before, I, my buddies and I were making a yearly trip out of going up here. So a lot of my stories do start in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, we were not doing Mount Washington. We were hiking the, I, the name is escaping me. The Lafayette Loop Trail, I think. And it's a trail that goes up over three mountains right across the street from the Lafayette State Campground. So you hike up your first mountain and, you know, it's, it's not as tall as Mount Washington, It's probably, I would say, 4,000 feet maybe, maybe a little under. 
I, I don't know that number offhand. But anyhow, you do end up staying under the tree line for the first peak that you summit. And, uh, you know, you get up there, there's a bunch of people basking in the sun, there's a, an outcropping of rock at the top, and, you know, it's just a sense of relief that you're done, for the most part, going up <laughs> for the day. Um, and then you start and you <clears throat> head off down the ridge line between uh, the other two mountains. And uh, up there, you very quickly are above the tree line when you're heading up to the second peak. And uh, it's it was just it, another moment that took my breath away. So, I'm, you know, we're walking along this ridge, and it's almost, I would say, it's like a at least a 45-degree angle on either side of you. You maybe have a a 10-foot, 15-foot-wide uh, flat on the top of the ridge that you're walking on. And it was a beautiful, clear day. You know, not too much wind. It was probably about 60 degrees, sunny. Um, and we just hiked on this ridge for, I, I think it was about two or three miles, you know, up to the, the second peak. Uh, there was some nice big boulders that were up on the top of the second peak that you could go and kind of poke around, and it w it was a nice experience. And uh, so we we do that. We go do the third peak, um, stop and eat a little uh, trail mix, and just kind of hang out for a little while. Then we come down back to the campground. Per usual, you know, we set up our our grills and we make some burgers and uh, we start just kind of getting ready to spend the night in the campground and spend some good quality time together. And uh, <clears throat> where we are in the campground, the Appalachian Trail actually runs right behind our campsite. And at some point in the night, you know, we had a. Anybody? What? Did, sorry, did you see anybody from from uh, like doing the AT? Well, that's where the story is headed, Dan. Oh, awesome! awesome. Yeah. I'm so, the gun here. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was just trying to give you a little backstory about my day, about what we had. Okay. Okay. Had okay. already accomplished. And so, you know, we're sitting there, we're all hanging out, having a good time. We'd just eaten. We were sitting around a picnic table with a couple of tiki torches and a bonfire going, playing cards at the at the picnic table, as we are ought to do. <clears throat> and a guy comes out of the woods and into our campsite from the from the AT. So a younger guy. I would say he was in his like his late twenties, I think. I don't remember his name, um, but he ended up uh, he's he was almost done with the trail he had been on it for several months he had started down in what is it georgia i think mm -hmm. earlier in the year and so he was he was heading up to maine trying to get there and and done with it by uh winter or before winter hopefully and uh so he ended up hanging out with us 
at our campsite for most of the night. Um, <clears throat> and he had, which which I think is this is my favorite part of the story. He let, went on the trail on his own. Um, just decided it was something he wanted to do. He headed out and just started doing it. And when he was on the trail, maybe a month in or so, he met this woman, an older woman, who was doing the same thing. She just decided that she was going to get up and just go do the AT. And they were happened to be going the same way, and they ended up hiking together. Now, they were complete strangers when they originally met on the trail. And they ended up hiking together all the way from somewhere in the south, all the way up to New Hampshire, and they ended up at our campsite, and we hung out with them and talked to them uh, for the evening. And it was um, my first time ever actually um, interacting with a thru-hiker in any real sense. And uh, at that time, I hadn't purchased any uh, hiking gear of my own. I didn't have a backpack. I didn't have any stoves or, you know, I I really didn't know what it was all about. And so it was just, it was fun. Uh, They were obviously super excited about it still, even after being out in the woods for the last couple of months. Especially up in the whites. Yeah, especially up in the whites. And uh, so they were going through, showing us all their gear, you know, showing us how they cook food. It was the first time I was uh, introduced to dehydrated food. Um, which turns out is actually quite delicious if you're hungry enough. <laughs> yeah, so that is that's my story. It was just a, a neat thing that I never would have expected to have happened, and it turned out that just by being in the woods at the right place at the right time, I met some really cool people who were excited about getting out and exploring the world around them. Which can be very inspiring. Hmm. All right. Um, so my story uh, actually involves no other people besides myself. Ah, <clears throat> that can be nice sometimes. It's my usual uh, down here in Florida. So uh, it was one of those times where last minute I was able to get out. Um, it was several years ago. It was before, before my son was born. Um, I think it was even before I had Razo, uh, my dog. But it was um, in the summer. Um, I definitely remember it being in July. And so July in Florida, as I've probably said countless times, is, uh, it's warm. That's for, for sure. So this was one of the, one of the first times that I, I camped out in Mayaka River State Forest, or sorry, River State Park, uh, Last week's story took place in Mayaka State Forest. This week is a little bit north of that. Um, I think you and I and Melanie went over there uh, when you two came down to visit. 
Is that where we saw the gator sticks? The gator sticks? The gator sticks. A story for another time, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> well, I know that you and I and, and Melanie had gone uh, to Mayaka River uh, to hopefully see some alligators. I don't know whether or not we actually did. Um, but in any case, so Mayaka River, uh, or Mayaka River State Park, is a very large park. I think it's around 37,000 acres. Um, and the main part is all pretty much on this road, which is next to a river called Mayaka River. And for the most part, when you get out there and you park, you're, if you're a tourist or if you're just going out to go for a bike ride or something like that, because they have uh, some decent trails for biking and running and jogging, whatever. Uh, but they're all pretty much close to the the main road that cuts the that just kind of goes uh, north to south uh, on the westmost part of the park. But if you want to really get away uh, from everybody, hike about four or five miles east in that park, and you'll quickly just kind of disappear. Um, Within about three miles, you'll stop seeing people. And you can hike out, I believe, close to 14 miles. Which might not seem like all that far in, you know, maybe the whites. But Mm -hmm. 14, 14 miles in a prairie with the sun on your back the entire time... Uh, can be very long, especially since there's no water at all. Um, so you're carrying all of your water, which um, my theory about like all these survival TV shows and just everything on YouTube about surviving out in the woods, if if you prepare and know your area where you're going, it's not going to be a survival situation. It's just going to be a good time. Right, and that and that's what you really want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one goes out. All right, I, I really hope no one goes out to see if they can barely survive. <laughs> it right. just sounds, it just sounds like a horrible time. Um, but anyway, so the the setting for this story is uh, July, Florida. Um, I've spoken with the rangers to see what the trails look like. Uh, for the most part, they're pretty dry, according to the rangers. Now, if you ever get over to Mayaka River State Park and talk to the rangers, um, they're really, really nice people, but they all kind of look like they're retirees. So I don't know how often they actually get out onto the trails. Just going to throw that out there. And from my experience... Uh, a lot of times what they tell me the trails look like and what the trails actually look like are very different. Um, anyway, so I was told that the trail was a little bit muddy. And I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just... Uh, dumb or something, but every time they say, oh, it's a little bit muddy, I say... Okay, I can handle that, and I head out. Um, I grabbed a map, which is just a paper map. Um, 
It's absolutely nothing special. There's no real markings out on the trail to say turn this way or turn that way. You'll come to an intersection out in the middle of a prairie where there's just, it honestly looks like someone took a John Deere lawnmower and just cut the trail. Yeah. And when they have an intersection of more than one trail, it's that, that that's it's all it is. Uh, there's no sign. There's no nothing. And so, when you're using a paper map that has almost it just has almost no markings on it, and there's no markings for you to to view in real life. Um, one of the complaints that I've heard a lot of other people say about the park is that it's easy to get lost. Um. So anyway, so I head out, park the Jeep, unload um, my backpack, and it's, I don't know, maybe half a mile or so to the trailhead. And <clears throat> hop onto the trail, and it's, I mean, you're in the woods, um, and you're on the northern section of the the park, and you're going to be heading <coughs> west, or I'm, I'm going to be heading west. So... Of course, as usual, when they say mud, what they actually mean is like knee-high water. <laughs> um, and I wish you had seen all the alligators that are at Mayaka River, because there are dozens and dozens and dozens of alligators up there, and there are water moccasins, and these are, these are the animals uh, that you end up seeing when you go over there uh, during the summer. Um, so I head out and it starts out with some puddles, uh, and oddly enough, uh, I, I remember being startled on multiple occasions by vultures. Really? <laughs> Which, oh, you have no idea when, when there is a vulture that's got to weigh 15 pounds and it's hanging out in a tree overhead and it doesn't move a muscle until you've just barely walked by it <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's it just starts flapping those huge wings and taking off and it like there's complete silence in in the woods and you hear nothing at all and then all of a sudden you hear this vulture just like take off from a tree um it's very startling so I'm heading out and the water is starting to go from puddles to over the bottom, like over the foot of my shoe to up to the top of my boot. And I'm seeing, uh, you know, signs of snakes where, you know, just the ripples in the water and whatnot from, from snakes kind of going away. Um, and I feel like with the vultures and the fact that the Water has gone over the main road uh, from the the main river where the alligators tend to stay, and now the water is on the trail. Uh, made me made me nervous because the last thing I want is to come across an alligator. And Mayaka River State Park for for all the things that are there, it's very touristy. It's very touristy. Um, but when you get out in the woods, there's really nothing out there. Um, you you quickly leave humanity, basically. You are out there with the pigs. You're out there with 
the alligators and the snakes. And if something were to happen, um, granted you checked in, you know, and you, you put a little piece of paper on your windshield. Um, but depending on how long, like say, say you say, okay, well, I'm going to be out there for one night. Okay. Well, two days after you disappeared out into the woods, if your car is still there, then yeah, the Rangers are going to start looking for you. But by then, if an alligator got you, an alligator got you. Right. You know? Um, so after a while of sloshing through the water and knowing that I still had at least a mile and a half left of that, and the mosquitoes were just everywhere, okay? But I did not want to give up on my trip. I wanted to get to the campsite. I wanted to enjoy my time out in the woods. So I ended up turning around, which I feel like this is beginning to be um, a habit since last week's I turned around as well. But this time, I turned around and found a different route. Um, I guess you could say I blazed my own trail. Um, I had the map, and let me tell you, the map in July in Florida quickly started to to tatter. Um, the humidity and uh, the heat, I mean, every single time I took that map out, the folds, the creases on, on the paper map, um, it just felt like it was just going to start falling apart. And this was just an hour or two after I got the map. So I turn around and I start not bushwhacking, but trying to figure out a different way uh, with the short grass and, and whatnot, wherever, I, wherever possible. And... It took me about an hour uh, hiking through the woods or hiking through the prairie and backtracking on on the main trail through the woods to get to the campsite. And the interesting thing is I set up I set up the camp and everything and there's a ton of mosquitoes because I'm right next to stagnant water, which, you know, can be a bummer. But I was able to get into my tent. Uh, I was able to sit back, relax, kind of read a book and hang out. And as the sun went down, I jumped out of the tent, went and checked out the prairie, um, because the campsite itself was just inside of what they call a hammock. Um, it's, I forget what kind of trees, um, they're probably cypress or something like that, but there's a whole bunch of them. Their branches are huge and they kind of, um, they don't go really high, like an, like a oak tree or, um, something like that. They kind of hang real low. Um, and there's a whole bunch of them all kind of grouped together out in the woods. And the scientific terms for everything is just kind of, um, escaping me right now, but it's a really cool area. Um, really big trees, all kind of grouped together. All the branches are really low, um, to the ground. So like, you can kind of climb all over them, but because of that, not a lot of light gets in there and it kind of gets dark in that area pretty quickly. So when sunset was coming, I kind of jumped out of my, my tent, ran out of the area because of the mosquitoes and went and watched the sun disappear over the prairie. And it really kind of gives you the sense of, uh, of solitude, uh, which is definitely what I was going for. Um, 
you kind of every once in a while just have to get away from, you know, traffic and Starbucks. Not that Starbucks is a bad thing. I mean, I love my Starbucks too. Um, but complete silence except for a couple of animals that are out there. You know, you hear the crickets, you hear the frogs and the cicadas. Um, and it's just awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have to hike 4,000 feet. I didn't end up having to hike 14 miles out. Um, but there are, even in Florida, for all the all the bad things I say about Florida, um, you know, there are moments where you can just pause and, and look around. And it, it's... You know that people do go out to that campsite, um, but it just feels like special. Um, like you're the first person to ever be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so that evening, uh, I was in my Nemo uh, bivy, which you still have. I still have. <clears throat> so, what's that? I still have. Yeah, you still have my Nemo bivy. Oh, I'll have to find that. <laughs> oh, Anyhow. well. So anyway, so the tent that the bivy that you you used when we did Mount Washington a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that tent, uh, that was the tent I was using that evening. And for the most of the night, or for most of the night, I got to listen to the feral pigs running around outside of my tent digging up the ground. <laughs> and when when you're in your tent and you have no idea how big these pigs are outside of your tent and they're digging all around you, um, it can keep you awake a little while. Um, but I did sleep and got up in the morning and I... I did see how close the uh, the holes that the pigs were digging were to my tent, and I'm saying within ten ten to twelve feet, uh, these holes were were that close to my tent. So those pigs, uh, they had some uh, they had some intestinal fortitude. They definitely uh, got really close to where I was uh, with little fear. I'm glad that they were just, or most likely they were just feral pigs. Uh, the the wild uh, the hogs down here can get a couple hundred pounds and that's not something you want running over you when you're sleeping. No, definitely not. But in the morning I hiked out, hiked out and, uh, <clears throat> I was able to check out, like there were pigs just off the side of the trail. The pigs will get up to, eh, the ones I saw were probably 40 pounds or so. They weren't, they weren't huge, but you have like 12 of them run over your tent. You'll feel it. Um, but I was able to get back to the Jeep, hop back in and, uh, and head home. And, uh, I don't know if it's just a combination of all the factors between the fact that I had to turn around because of the water. Uh, if it was the mosquitoes at the campsite, if it was the sunset over the prairie, if it was the pigs keeping me up most of the night, I don't know if it was a combination of everything or, any individual aspect of the trip. Um, but the trip definitely sticks out in my mind as something I'll probably remember for, for a very long time and hopefully forever, you know? Yeah. Now it just goes to show how even the most 
mundane of experiences are still life, mm -hmm. like you were saying last week, you know? And <clears throat> There's so many moments in your life that you forget so quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's nice to 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 kind of stop and pause and just hold on to to a moment. And I feel like every time I get out into the woods, I mean, I, you form new memories as as time goes by. But holding on to those memories, making them special enough for you to remember them forever, um, I think that's the key. That's one of the one of the biggest things in life is just. Um, trying to live in such a way where as many moments as you possibly can uh, kind of flag your radar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know for me, a huge aspect of that is uh, solitude and silence. And mm -hmm. and not, not just um, silence, but just not hearing a lot of noise, you know, where being out in the woods and, and, you know, I go to the, the West Thompson dam pretty often out here with the dog. You go out into the cornfields is probably, you know, at least a mile away from any roads or anything. <clears throat> and so it's, you know, it, there's still noises that you hear, but they're, they're not as loud as they usually are. And to mm -hmm. me that, that has a, a big impact on my ability to just kind of relax and take it all in. Yep. All right. Well, good stories this week. Um, I hope everyone has a great year because we will not be back until next year. Right. And, uh, I got some, I got some really interesting stuff planned for next year. I got a couple other people lined up to, to tell stories um, um, we'll be able to work on that stuff later on and, uh, everyone just have a safe, happy new year. Okay. And try to get out in the woods more new year's resolution as many trips out into the woods as possible. Right, Dave? Absolutely. All right. Well, it was good talking to you, Dave. And, uh, we'll talk again next week. This was uh, Campfire Stories. Like I said, everyone have a great one.